podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Nation. Trey Struckle here. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. 63 days until UCF kicks off the 2021 season. We're talking running backs. It is the wild, wild west. Name, image, and likeness goes into effect, and the Sons mailbag runneth over with your questions, and we're answering those. Let's welcome in the Sons of UCF, Adam and Mike. Happy New Year, guys. Happy fiscal New Year for UCF. How many beers have I had? I'm seeing two of you, Trace. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> it's I'm all about had... brand, Adam. It's uh, all about brand now. Uh, too many blue moons tonight. Also, happy Bobby Benia Day to all of you out there. Ah, yes. Yeah, there's too many images of Trace on this screen right now. Not, never enough images. <laughs> this is my uh, cutout that was uh, at UCF football practice. I picked it up the other day, heading back from a uh, business meeting, and I thought it would make, uh, make for a good decor item on name, image, and likeness. All about brand today. So uh, how about that, though? July 1? the beginning of the fiscal new year for UCF. When you think about it, uh, we had five AAC trophies, 10 All-Americans, nine postseason appearances, and of course, beat the Cows fifth straight year in the war on I-4. Not too bad considering all of the impacts of COVID. Yeah, all in all too. And, and you you forgot some of the off the field stuff, right? Losing our head football coach, losing our athletic director, and yet um, UCF sitting in a really good position today, which I don't think we all would have thought um, coming into uh, the early part of 2021. And obviously coming off of a, of a COVID impacted year uh, to, to see where UCF's at. And it's probably one of those for the record books, I guess. And this is it. This is a whole new world now with college football and all college sports. Players making money. We've heard about this for years. It's been a hotly debated topic. Now, from today going forward, the whole world has changed. The whole world. <laughs> it's a big statement. Oh. The whole wide world has changed. Let me run through some quick football headlines uh, before we get into the meat of some of our topics. Uh, boom, another boom. Defense end Keenest, I believe is how you say it. Thompson chooses UCF over Miami and Texas. Uh, three-star prospect, number 61st defensive lineman in the country. I checked today on the rivals, uh, or not rivals, the 24-7 composite rankings. UCF was 48th yesterday, 51st today. Cincinnati 28th, Tennessee 48th. Our friends over in Lincoln, Nebraska 50th. Of course, all of this still very early. We talked about the line in the UCF-Boise State game last week. It had been five. It's down to three and a half. So it's tightening Whoa. 63 days away. Uh, I saw that the uh, Nicholson Fieldhouse turf is being ripped up. I like the fans, by the way, who say that they should sell off pieces of that. Do you think that has been cleaned in 17 years? I imagine that there's a lot of nonsense on that turf that I don't think anybody would want. And uh, Dylan Gabriel, a big man on campus today because of name, image, and likeness. He has been named to the uh, Pro Football Focus preseason All-American honors list. So that's a quick look around. What jumps out at you from uh, uh, the week in football news? 
How did we go down against Boise? Did they have a good week of practice or something? We don't know about it. How did we? How did we lose two points uh, from the from the spread there? Uh, that's uh, I guess that's number one. Uh, and number two, did we get worse in recruiting? Did somebody not do enough bench presses yesterday and they lost a half a star? How does that work out? Kenneth Thompson is a big deal for me. Uh, we're building the offensive and defensive lines first. Seems like that's our big priority in, in recruiting. And we all know football is one up front. The other thing with the turf. 17 years old that turf was, and I'm surprised we haven't had many injuries on that thing. True. I guess it's a good thing that they're replacing it, and if they want to sell it, I mean, Mahajir talked about how he would sell anything. Why not? People will probably pay to have that in their backyard and say, hey, this is the turf that UCF used to practice on. Mahajir would sell anything. That uh, is an interesting phrase. Last week, we uh, took a look at the quarterback position and our ramp up to the start of the 2021 season. Today, we're talking about running backs. You know, no Greg McRae, no Otis Anderson, some changes there. What's biggest question on the mind for you guys? I, I think there are a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainties in, at the running back position, but you know that this is going to be a focal point of the Gus Malzahn offense. What's on your mind at the running back position? Yeah, I trace for me a lot of names, a lot of kids that we've seen play that we know have talent. Uh, a couple of new guys coming in, Isaiah Bowser and uh, Mark Anthony Richards that we don't quite know. So I guess it's, it's how does Gus integrate all these different running backs into the system? You've got a guy like Ventavious Thompson, a bigger back. Then you have a guy like Johnny Richardson, a smaller, shiftier, faster running back. RJ Harvey, a converted quarterback who got a lot of run during the spring game. So I guess, A, who separates themselves? But B, how do, how do these guys all complement each other? And, and how is Gus going to use all these together? Will there be a goal line back? Will there be a every down back? Will there be a third down back? You know, in, in his history, he's had a couple of big running backs, Trey Mason, uh, uh, on Johnson. So he, he's had some um, some running backs that have been sort of uh, uh, bell cows for him. So how does he leverage all these guys together and who separates? I, I think right now that's a question mark. The presumptive guy would probably be Bentavious Thompson. But, uh, you know, we saw a lot of R.J. Harvey in the spring. So who separates and, and how do they all complement each other? I think are probably the two biggest things from, from my mind. And who does Gus go with to start the season? He has familiarity with Mark Anthony Richards, right, coming over from Auburn. Doesn't really know the other guys very much. So will he start with Thompson? Thompson's been waiting patiently now between behind Otis and McCray to get his shot. He deserves a shot. And then you got the other guys. I've been looking at Johnny Richardson for the last couple of years. He might be my breakout player of the year this year when we do our preseason awards. Um, but there's so many to pick from. It's, a, it's the opposite problem from last week when we discussed quarterbacks. And we said, hey, if Dylan Gabriel goes down, we don't know who's going to come in or what, what we would do. With the running backs, we have a, a plentiful pick, uh, group to pick from. That's the Marlon Williams breakout player of the year, correct? Get it right. Yeah, get it right. What's your confidence level in Bentavious Thompson? Uh, one to five, uh, five being uh, most confident. I, I go 3.5. I mean, I think we saw him play uh, a bunch. So the last year, I think, is a tough year. I think he... Uh, 73 carries, 300 yards last year, five touchdowns, not his biggest, uh, his best year. The year before that, though, he seemed like he was just a guy who was gashing the defenses. Now, to be fair, we were up a lot of, in a lot of those games. He was he was running against second and third string defenses. Uh, so it was at the cause of some of the bigger running lanes he had. I mean, he's a guy when he's moving, he's fast, he's quick, he's big. Um, so I, I feel like he's got all the skills. It's just a it's tough thing to give him a four or a five because we just haven't seen him put it all together. He was hurt during the spring. I think we I don't think it was announced, but there was pictures immediately after all the right. spring game of him in a wrist cast of some sort. So arm, wrist, whatever the, the injury was. So was he fully healthy? Um, so I got 3.5 because I've seen glimpses, but I don't know what those glimpses mean just in the context of the games. And and he didn't have to kind of carry the load for a, for a large portion of the games.
I'm going to need to see a little bit more out of him. And another thing to keep in mind with Gus's offense, maybe more of a pro style, which one of these guys can pick up the blitz the best? Which one of these guys can block the best? Which one of these guys can catch the ball out of the backfield the best on screen passes, things like that? I think whoever brings the total package is going to be the guy that gets the most snaps. I think R.J. Harvey is an interesting uh, player in the mix, right? Uh, former quarterback. We saw what he did in the spring game. I think it gives him some options there. Is there a thousand-yard running back in this group? Um, maybe on talent, sure, but I, I don't think that's going to happen just because of the how many guys we have. Uh, I think the way that Gus is going to spread the ball around, I don't know that somebody gets to that thousand-yard mark. Is there a talent to have a thousand-yard rusher on this team? Probably. I think Mark Anthony Richards is a really intriguing prospect because he didn't, he barely played at all at Auburn. Let me check this real quick. Twenty carries in his one season at Auburn, so we don't know much about him. Obviously, he was highly rated out of high school. You know, does he have the bodies? He had the maturities. He had enough football under his, under his belt. Um, so I think there's enough talent from an intriguing perspective on this list. I just don't know that we have somebody who will get the ball that much to get them over that thousand yard mark. Yeah. Think about all the great running backs we had the last few years with Killens and uh, Otis and McCray. I think McCray was the only one to get over a thousand yards in a season just because of the way they split up all the carries. And that was in 2018 last year, no running backs with over a thousand and in 2019. I don't believe we had one either. I think it's going to be an interesting battle when preseason camp begins. Not too far away, right? It's July 1st, so what, a month or so away before they open preseason camp. It's going to be an interesting battle at the running back position. As you said, Mike, you wonder about the depth or the options at quarterback, but you feel pretty good that there are options at running back. On our next show, we'll take a look at wide receivers and tight ends. Perhaps there will be a Marlon Williams-style breakout player amongst that group. Of course, we opened up a little bit on name, image, and likeness, the big story uh, today we've seen it coming the ncaa doing nothing all these years uh, hoping that the problem they could kick the can down the road but uh, it went into full effect today i asked uh, the big question this week what did what do you think of it do you like it yes or no yes 75 percent of respondents 25 percent said no our friend ron johnson on the first knights team in 1979 at ucf 17rj said it's going to be horrible in many ways that people have never thought of and our friend Brian W. Peterson, I like it as long as it doesn't give the so-called Blue Bloods another leg up over programs like UCF. The last thing we need is another divide between the, you know, the Power Five and the and the G5. So uh, I think it's um, it's pretty interesting. You you know, soon as midnight hit, you started seeing guys <laughs> uh, peddling sweet tea and fireworks and um, you know cameo uh, voices, uh, you know, voiceovers and things like that. Uh, you're going to see guys and, and women in the sports doing camps. One-on-one uh, -on -one camps, you know, all sorts of things. I think the macro is is a positive trace, right? Obviously, you have kids, you have athletes who are able to and who are doing their level best. Or they're quasi professionals. Having the ability to to earn off of that, I think, is obviously a a, a good thing holistically. But with everything like this, there are going to be unintended consequences, and that doesn't mean that the 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 good doesn't outweigh the bad. But there are going to be consequences. There are going to be things that are going to come up. There's going to be NCAA violations. There are going to be teammates who are jealous of one another. There's going to be a kid who maybe is more concerned about his or her 
you know, endorsement stuff and some of that stuff and the team stuff. Those are all things that are going to happen. I think in the larger scale, does the does the good outweigh the bad? Probably, but there's going to be some stickiness, and I think we all have to just understand that. Uh, we all have to not going in. I think you're going to see that initial surge, like you saw last night. Everyone's on yoke uh, doing the video game stuff, where you can play video games with them and, and pay them. You saw Derek King clean up with three or four deals last night. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about Dylan Gabriel in a second. You saw Dreamfield out there now with ambassadors. Uh, so I think you're going to see these kind of things. Um, I just wonder how much the market can bear all of this out and how long that'll be. Um, I think ultimately, is it is it the right thing, a positive thing? Sure. But I think fans have to brace. There will be unintended consequences. I don't think it'll be every day, but there's going to be things that come up that may get in the way. And you have to, as a fan, decide, um, you know, are you going to be okay with that? Um, and that's probably where some of the 25% comes from. Yeah, hopefully none of those bad things happen here at UCF. If it happens to some of the cows, so be it. But uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point somewhere over college football. But to me, the good thing is these kids, they're, they're able to make some spare money on things they couldn't do before. They couldn't have any kind of jobs. Now, if a kid has, say a kid knows how to play guitar, he can have a gig at, a, at night lights or whatever, one of the bar around campus, play the guitar for a couple hours, make a few extra bucks. You know, anything. You can make money doing anything now. You, your time is, is worth money, and these kids are able to do it. They should be able to. So uh, one thing that I'm thinking um, maybe a positive, everybody's talking about Dylan Gabriel being able to leave early after this year. Why would guys want to leave early? If they're going to be able to make a lot of money in college, if you're talking about big-time players, some of these big superstar quarterbacks may be able to make a million bucks, a couple million bucks playing in college, stick around an extra year. What's the rush? Mm, I don't know that they can make that much money with apparel and the like, but UCF <laughs> held an impromptu press conference today with Kalia Davis, Sam Jackson, and the aforementioned Dylan Gabriel, who showed up at the podium in his new DG brand clothing. And he says that, uh, you know, he's, he's turned the, this over to family and friends running it. He's focused on football, but he sees a lot of upside potential with the brand. For sure. But, you know, my main focus, you know, obviously is football, but also to be, you know, myself and, you know, be, you know, whatever I can do to, to you know, keep this, this brand going. That's, that's my main focus. Um, and, you know, whatever things do come, I'll let, you know, my family handle that and we'll figure, you know, what, what makes sense the most. But um, like I said, anything happened as of now and we'll see what happens. There are a lot of things that could happen. Does it become a locker room distraction is another interesting question. You know, when you have a superstar like Dylan Gabriel able to benefit, you know, not everyone on that roster is going to have those same opportunities. Does that create some division? And I think it's funny all these years later when we covered Donald Delahaye, right? He sort of vindicated on this July 1st across the country. Uh, you know, if he had those opportunities then, uh, you know, he, he would have made some money off of his brand at that time as a student athlete. Yeah, listen, when you're talking about young kids, Trace, there's going to be some jealousy. That That's just going to happen, right? Um, and But I think if you're a good team and if you're a good player, if you're there for your teammates, I, I think everyone's going to be excited about it. You know, when it relates to, to, to DG, you saw, um, I think, Jalen Robinson. Uh, you saw Titus. They were they were involved, too. Their teammates, their friends. Uh, so you can see guys already supporting that kind of stuff. I think if you're a genuine teammate, I, I think I think kids are smart enough to kind of see through who's here to, to play ball, who's here to be part of the team, and who's here just for themselves. Obviously, Dylan doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. 
um, at all. And, and I think, you know, sure, there's going to be someone probably behind someone's back says something here and there because these are 18 year old kids, right? These are 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kids. I don't think the majority of guys are going to have that issue, um, but I'm sure it'll come up from, from time to time. I don't think you'll have that with UCF. It seems like that's a close team. Um, and it seems like these guys have built that bond. And I think that's what's interesting is these guys have all been together two, three, four years now. So they know each other. They're friends. They, they have, you know, they have relationships. But the future classes when freshmen are coming in who haven't done anything and they're trying to get deals and they're trying to be about their brand. I think that's where you heard something. I think guys like Dylan and the, this kind of this first crop, they're going to have the opportunity to uh, or have had the opportunity to form relationships. And I think that's going to be an important part of, of people trusting them in this process. Yeah, that's right. This UCF has prided itself on being a family, the Ohana now for the last couple of years. Uh, it shouldn't be a problem this year, like Adam's saying, but who knows in the future, anything is possible. Well, let's dig in a little bit more on DG the brand and welcome in our guests tonight, Garrison Gabriel and AJ Salas. Gabriel, of course, uh, Dylan's brother, who is part of the family helping run this, and AJ, the media coordinator. Guys, welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. Let's open up with you, Garrison. Take us behind the scenes a little bit. How did this get started? Dylan referred to it a little bit during the press conference today that when this was going to become a law, you all started talking about it. But what was the genesis of the idea and the branding? Yeah, um, first off, thanks for having us. And that's a really great question. Um, the story really started off as an idea. Um, Dylan had this vision to be able to really start a brand that was going to make uh, some long-term impact. Um, not only in the football world, but also um, just in general. And so that's really where the idea came up. Um, it was during COVID when we had a lot of time to kind of sit back and just, you know, think. And yeah, that's really where the idea came from. It's just, you know, kind of an off the couch idea. Um, he's a creative. He's really entrepreneurial. And so his mindset behind all of this was, be, was to be able to create a platform for himself to um, connect and build relationships with people long term. And AJ, for you, what does the brand mean? To me, the brand just it just means it just it's just greatness, really. I mean, I think every single one of our team members are all all committed to our role, and I think we all bring out the best in each other. So, even the brand meaning dedicated to greatness, I feel like we're all dedicated to push uh, Garrison and Dylan's vision forward. And I mean. Really, it's just we want to give the image and, and, and tell people like we want them to be dedicated to greatness as we are to this brand as football as we are uh, to be even better people. We just want that to be the message for the brand. Guys, obviously, we know that uh, uh, a lot of the merch will drop on July 4, the sort of the uh, the launch day, if you will. Um, I know Dylan referred to it today as independence. Independence, I think, was kind of the, the phrasing, right? How, did, how does this all... How did this all come together? How about talk us uh, talk about the merch for a second? How did how did the design come together? How did you guys pick the products? What was the process for creatively coming up with the the merchandise that's going to be out on July four? Yeah, um, I can kind of take that one. So our first uh, drop of merch was really just created by um, Dylan, myself, and another one of uh, uh, his friends that actually lives in California. And so uh, we just wanted to create product and merch that was simple. Um, and that a lot of people would wear. Dylan is really into streetwear and just stuff that's extremely comfortable. Um, so a lot of the stuff you'll see is accessories that Dylan wears on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, stuff like dad hats, um, fanny packs. Uh, we have our 
our baseball jersey or basketball jersey. So for him, it's just really um, merch that he'd wear and that he'd want to see other people wearing as well. I noticed there's an air freshener in there. I didn't see a description. <laughs> what does the air freshener actually smell like? Does it smell like gum? <laughs> ocean, actually. The, the yeah. scent is called ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how would you describe, like, what does it smell like? Oh, the ocean. I, it has a well, fresh smell. Yeah, the ocean is actually smells really good. <laughs> right I, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's just like very fresh outdoorsy, but it, it, it's honestly a really nice air freshener. <laughs> it's like, you know, like the, like, the breeze you get when you step into Hawaii right off the plane. And so for us, it's definitely what we were trying to incorporate as well. This was, even with something as simple as an air freshener, um, is really something that would, you know, represent, you know, bits of our hometown back in Hawaii. Besides the apparel, are you guys, is he doing other things through this website? Kind of like the meet and greets or anything like that? Um, you know, I don't think that's hit, uh, top of mind for him. I wouldn't say it's something he'd totally count out. Um, but for now, I think he really wants to focus on the relationships he's built um, with, you know, certain businesses and organizations. I would say that, you know, meet and greet is definitely an option, but not something he's exploring right now. Um, I think that he's very focused on football. Uh, that's the most important. The better he plays on the field, you know, the more successful and, you know, the more successful the brand and will be and so first off i just wanted to focus on that um and yeah ucf went viral during the spring game with the uh, hashtags and the instagram uh handles on the back of jerseys what has it been like to work with ucf they seem to have embraced name image and likeness yeah um coach uh gus has been you know very integral in this mm -hmm. process really just you know motivating dylan to take advantage of um these opportunities and i just feel like you know ucf in in general has really pushed for uh name image and likeness and i think that it's just great for you know athletes in general you know in all aspects of ucf not just football to be able to benefit off of um themselves and their name obviously this whole thing is new right it's the first day this is coming out and as you were kind of leading up to the launch how much research did you did you guys have to do on what you could do what you couldn't do what was allowed what wasn't allowed how, how fluid was that trying to figure out what exactly this could even be once this law came to effect 100 it was definitely you know a tipping it was, it was a lot of ups and downs uh, especially when the nil rule kind of got put on the back burner and then all of a sudden, a couple of days, they were like, okay, we're still going to stick to July 1st. So, I mean, we just kept high hopes through everything. And we kind of just prepared for this date to, to go. And thankfully, it, it, played our, it played our way. Obviously, with uh, the website opening today, you said you're not uh, putting anything on sale until July 4th. Have you been able to track the traffic on the site today? Have you gotten any feedback on what, what's been going on for today? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all day we've kind of been looking at our Shopify account and, uh, you know, seeing the numbers and the engagement there. So we, we're all really impressed and just we're getting excited for July 4th. I mean, a lot of us, you know, we're, I mean, this is very new. It's uncharted yeah. territory. So to be able to see that and, you know, get this, see the support from the UCF fan base is is amazing. Um, and we just we're really grateful and appreciate that. And we're we're really stoked for July 4th to see what goes down. 
On our poll, three quarters of the people say they support this, but you know it has been a controversial topic. A lot of people don't want to see uh, amateur athletes, college students morph into pros that are getting salaries and paydays. How do you respond to criticism like that when you hear folks concerned that they're not those uh, amateur athletes that we cheer on Saturdays anymore? Um, I mean, we just let them talk. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, we, we're confident in everything we're doing. We're confident in Dylan putting football first before anything. And, you know, we honestly, we just let the people talk. And, I mean, we just keep a thick skin. Really, there's, there's really nothing more to it. Obviously, being uncharted territory, uh, were there other brands that you guys looked up to, other athletes that you guys kind of drew inspiration from as you were kind of planning some of the stuff out? Um, I, I would, I mean, not really. Dylan is such a unique being in the way he thinks and the way he creates. So I really think he um, took this brand and really created something that was unique to him and, and his values. So I don't really think we were looking at any other brand, but um, yeah, we were just really looking at ourselves and we wanted to create something that was going to really represent Dylan on and off the field. I think that was, you know, of utmost importance. You know, there's another DG on the UCF campus who plays basketball, Darren Green. Is there any thoughts maybe eventually expanding this brand, including other athletes under the Gabriel umbrella? I'm sure later down the road, I mean, we maybe be open to it. But as of right now, we're just focused on everything we have going right now with Dylan and, and, and the apparel. You were talking about that you tune out negativity and you know there's a good bit of it on Twitter and social media and some fans reacting today. What is it going to mean? Are the, are the student athletes, Dylan, going to charge us for autographs? And I know that's something that's been important to him to say for kids and the like. You know, that's not something that, that he feels is a part of his brand. Yeah, I think that's totally separate from his brand. I think, you know, his brand is also something um, is also a platform where he's able to, to give back. So I don't foresee him, you know charging to sign you know little kids um you know helmets footballs whatever it is even after the games i just think that's something he did even before name image and like this was passed and he just enjoyed you know seeing the smiles on these kids faces and so i don't foresee him ever you know wanting to do that i think that he's really created an awesome platform for himself to be able to um create relationships with people and also um you know gratefully be able to benefit off of his name image and likeness all right, so July 4, the, the site opens, right? You're going to have merch drop on, on July 4 for sale. Um, how, how is the, the process going to work? Will you have drops continuously throughout the year? Will you kind of announce things? It's kind of take us behind the scenes in terms of when, when people can get stuff, how they get stuff, how that's going to work. So really, we just have the website. It will be up on July 4th at 12 p.m. People will be – right now, you're, you're allowed to go on the website and browse through it, but you just can't check out. So come 12 p.m. on July 4th, you will be able to go on the website, pick whatever you want, purchase it, and, and, and rock your DG merch. But as of right now, the plans we have for drops are really get rid of this inventory and then look into the new drop. And, I mean, we, we want to keep it just accessible to everybody. But as of right now, we, we really have, we have plans for a drop. Don't really want to say too much about it, but... We'll we'll have something for the, for Night Nation for sure, so they can so they can be satisfied with it too. Will he be able to wear some of this stuff on the sidelines? I, I come, and like just putting on the the dad hat when he comes back off the field, things like that. Do you know if that's allowed? 
Um, we don't really know yet, um, so we can't really say much about that. Um, but it, you know, it may be a possibility. We don't. We really have no clue about that kind of stuff. I know Dylan would pretty much have to to work through that with UCF, and we definitely don't want to to cross any uh, boundaries or barriers that are up right now. So just you know, playing it safe and just having a brand that he can wear outside of football, because I know that you know football is a big part of his life, but also you know the family part, the friends that. All the things outside of football are also important to him. Um, so I feel like there's definitely other ways he can represent the brand outside of the football field. During today's media avail, he came out with some of the DG branded wear. How did you feel knowing all the work that you've put in for all of these months to see him up at the podium today wearing those items? Oh, oh man. I, I, was, I was literally just telling him probably like an hour ago. I was just like seeing him up on the podium wearing that logo with with everything that's happened with all, all the preparation it was it was honestly it honestly just didn't feel real uh, knowing how much work that he himself has put in for this specific day and to see it finally happen for him uh, i'm honestly just really proud of him and, and i'm super happy and i can't wait to see what else he can do with it obviously we know dylan is uh, as a proud hawaiian will we see any hawaiian influence in future dg merch drops um Potentially, yes. Um, I mean, Hawaii is a big part of who we are and, you know, our family and friends are all still back there. It's definitely been a huge part of his, you know, growth and just journey in itself. So um, I would say, yes, you will see some Hawaiian, you know, Hawaiian culture, um, you know, represented in our clothing. That's for sure. Guys, I think the thing that sells the most is winning. Give us a prediction on this season. We win in every single game. Where is Dylan taking us this year? <laughs> I'm not going to leave any predictions. I just know it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, a, a loss isn't even in our mind, at least for me being his brother and, yeah. you know, having watched him since freshman year moving to Orlando, I I think that this is the year. I think we have the the talent and the tools, and I think he's in a really great headspace um, mentally, and I think that's most important. And so I'm really looking forward to, you know, having all the fans in the stand back um, and just having experience under his belt, I think will help. And so we're, we're definitely wishing for the best. Um, but yeah, no, for me, and just being better, no loss in, in my mind, at least. Underdog Heisman contender. Um, I mean, my opinion is, I mean, is biased. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. I mean, I've, I've seen him put in the work every single day night out night, day in day in. like I, I he's one of the hardest working kids I've ever met in my life so to say an underdog Heisman contender you could say whatever but I mean I, I just know the kid can flat out play and whatever whatever happens uh, he'll, he'll be rewarded with it all right final question when you start to tally sales do you sell more merchandise in Florida or Hawaii oh man <laughs> I honestly think Florida. Um, Night Nation is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, Night Nation is ridiculous. <laughs> These people are, you know, so great, and they've been a huge support to my brother on and off the field. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely Florida, but, you know, Hawaii might be right behind there. So that'll be exciting Absolutely. to see for sure. You're going to have to let me know who's third. DGthebrand.com goes live on the 4th of July. We thank you guys. We wish you luck with this new venture. Thank you guys so, so much. much. Take All right, care. Thanks for joining us. All right, some interesting stuff there.
they seem to be figuring it out as they go along and the rules are not quite so clear. You're seeing today LSU says that you'll be able to use uh, their logo in merchandise. Uh, you know, DG released a teaser video earlier in the day uh, and it featured UCF imagery. Will that be permitted going forward? You know, just some interesting things. Uh, Adam, the unintended consequences are all over the place. What's a, what's a booster? What's uh, inappropriate contact now? And my question is, how much money are the Sons of UCF ponying up to have, uh, you know, the long snapper or someone uh, do some uh, drop for you? Yeah, we're more backup tight ends, Trace. But, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, do they have it all figured out? Probably not, right? Uh, does anybody have it all figured out? No. But I, I think you got to applaud these guys, right? They're, they're trying something, right? I mean, I think that's part of the uh, the fun of, of life. Sometimes you take a risk and you do something. Maybe you don't know how you're doing it. You figure it out as you go. Hell, that's how Mike and I figured this podcast out, and we are 40-year-old men. So, um, you know, you, you applaud them. You, you wish them the best. Do they have it all figured out? Probably not. Are there going to be pitfalls along the way, um, you know, but I think it's a great growth opportunity, a great learning opportunity. And listen, a lot of guys are opting to do certain things or just signing deals with, you know, with companies. They're, you know, they're going on websites. Um, and, and I don't want to say that's the easier path, but it's obviously a more uh, structured path. So you got to chip your hat to these guys of trying something different and, and putting themselves out there. If it'll work, who knows? But, um, you know, I tip my hat to them for giving it a try. Um, at least they're, they're, they're putting, the, putting some skin in the game, which is always a, a kind of a good thing to learn in life. I was asking Adam earlier today, who should we pay to, to come on the show? We haven't even gotten paid ourselves for doing this. We've been doing it for over three <laughs> years. So I think maybe once we start making a couple bucks, maybe we can afford to pay one of these guys. I don't know what it would cost to have them on. But um, hey, everybody's learning together. These guys are learning, and hopefully they can build on this process from today. Today's only day one. Let's see where they go. I'm sure they had plenty of people interested in buying their stuff today. So I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Well, this is a good segue because I'm pleased to announce that custom walk and talks are available. If you reach out to me on Twitter at SignPez, I will do a personal greeting for you. And if you're local, I'm happy to walk around in your, oh, your oh, yard. Oh, oh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we had this idea for you like months ago, Trace, where we told you you should start doing this. I didn't see a Sons of UCF percentage here. Um, we're going to have to get like Morgan and Morgan on the case. I don't know what's going on here. It's uh, good stuff. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, before we open the mailbag where we've got some more NIL questions uh, some interesting men's basketball news today uh, John Rothstein reporting later you saw it on social media Darius Perry returning to men's basketball withdrawing from the 2021 NBA draft and uh, Rothstein's prediction of the uh, starting five for the 21-22 season includes pretty good list here Darius Perry Darren Green Jr. Brandon Mahan Isaiah Adams and the new guy with the long name, Chick Mabake Jung, uh, and uh, Rothstein calls UCF a, a possible sleeper team here. And that didn't even include C.J. Walker late before we came on the show. He releasing some information uh, about branding on social media, that which may give you an indication that he'll be back as well at UCF. I like this team on paper. Again, Johnny and the team have never had a hard time getting talent. Getting them all on the court at the same time <laughs> with all of the limbs working the way they're supposed to has always been a bit of the challenge at UCF. With the groups you named, there's certainly talent on the team. We know the American Conference is a deep basketball conference. I think that gets overlooked. We always just assume we're going to run through. But, you know, we saw there's some there's some quality basketball teams in the American. You would think with those names, with all the working limbs that they have and good coaching, we should have an opportunity to to compete this year. But 
we've been snake bitten before, so I don't want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I think that's how that works. I don't want carts and horses together. I feel like Rothstein's been saying this about us for the last couple of seasons and it just hasn't come together yet. And for the reasons Adam just mentioned, mostly injuries, but um, let's see, hopefully we can put it all together this year. Uh, we see the talent. These kids are good. Isaiah Adams showed a lot this year. Dan Green, I think, took a little step back this year. If he gets back to the form that he was the year before, shooting a little better, and they put all these guys together at the same time, we have a shot to be in the top half of this conference. Rothstein's a, a must-follow on Twitter. I'm, I'm waiting for him to say, at UCF Mike one says, Dawkins on the hot seat if he doesn't get off to a good start. I'm waiting for that sourcing uh, there. Well, we've been talking about NIL throughout the show, and let's open the mailbag, and uh, we're going to continue this theme of a live guest. It's a lady I met out at Burger U a couple of weeks ago in that celebration for Lynn Cheek. She's Joyce at Rejoice Knights, who has peppered us with some questions about NIL. Joyce, welcome in to the Sons of UCF Live. Hey. Fire away. What is, Thanks, what's on your mind? I thought your questions were great. You saw all sorts of red flags. Oh, absolutely. I think we've just opened a can of worms, and it's going to be interesting to see how big of a fish these athletes can catch. But really, I just um, am concerned about what the guidelines are for these players. You know, how much can a player make and what does that do in the locker room? Is there going to be any jealousy amongst players? And then what happens when you get, you know, family members involved? You know, you're going to have your mother's best friend's uncle that owns a business and, hey, you know, son, we need you to endorse this. And you know, another major concern I have, too, is that this is supposed to be a time for athletes to, um, you know, make money outside of the university. However, all of their contracts are going to have to be reviewed through the university. So, you know, what happens when there's a, a contract for an athlete that goes against what may be considered ethical, unethical or um, conflicts with some contracts that UCF may already have in place. Adam, she's got good questions. <laughs> yeah, a lot to a lot to unpack there. I think that's the unintended consequences that I was kind of talking about earlier. Right? I think there's so much unknown, and here's the problem, Joyce is. If we're going to rely on the NCAA to help us figure this out, we are in a heap of trouble because clearly they haven't mm -hmm. really been an organization that has been good at providing structure and clear uh, definitions and been consistent with these things. You know, I, so I think there's a valid concerns. I think the thing you brought up is interesting. And I always think about from a recruiting perspective, right? If a school is going to be a little bit more liberal with their contracts versus a school that'll be a little bit more conservative and won't let, you know, the athletes do certain things, is that a recruiting advantage? The reality is right now there are probably uh, hundreds of, of compliance coordinators across the country who have probably never sweat more than they have today. I think we're going to figure this out as we go. There's going to be things that are going to happen. And I, I, that's why I can understand if 25% of the audience says they're concerned about this. There's going to be things that happen. Um, and I think that's just the unintended consequences. My bigger concern is, you know, the NCAA is not equipped to provide structure. They never have been. And I think that's going to cause a lot of uh, concerns for colleges. And, and unfortunately, I think the only people who suffer from that will be the kids uh, because they won't be able to, to get clear direction on what they're allowed to do and what they can't do. I think if we've been, if we are honest with ourselves, this has been going on forever in college football. Kids have been getting paid for as long as I've known. And uh, now it's just all on the books and now it's gonna have to be legal and it's gonna have to be a paper trail for everything that gets done. So I think maybe it might actually clean things up around college football, maybe, maybe, maybe even make it more of a level playing field. Not that everybody can get into the game. I think there's an assumption that it will all be above boards, even in this structure, though, right? Uh, you're assuming that they're going to have that paper trail. Joyce, do you see any upsides to this? Is there anything about it that you do like? 
did we lose Joyce? We yeah, I think Joyce, Joyce. Yeah, she was so upset about uh, you know Mike's <laughs> answer that she she had enough. Yeah, she. All right, uh, at Rejoice Nights. I was going to pepper her with a question, but I think she has good questions, and she's been pretty vocal about that this week on social media. Joyce, we appreciate you hopping on. We've got quite a few questions, some that I carried over that we couldn't get to last week. Uh, at Sublime Night says well, it's Thursday. Hold on. Well, we've got Joyce back. Joyce is back. Let's get let's get Joyce back here. She's back. Joyce, you're back. I thought you didn't like there. our answers. It's the rejoice. <laughs> rejoice is rejoice. Uh, my question before you dropped out is, do you like anything about this? Do you see any upside uh, in, in this NIL situation? Kenzie Milton and Derek King are equity partners in Dreamfield um, looking to help these athletes promote themselves. What a fantastic, you know, way for these guys get ahead of everything and you know be on the back end of this stuff as well as on the front end so i think it's going to be really interesting to see how entrepreneurial you know these athletes can be and you're going to have to have agents to help them funnel through all this stuff attorneys i i just you know there's just the fact that there's no guidelines right now is just really concerning you know basically the only guideline they have is a booster can't say Hey, come and play for this school and I'll give you a contract for $10,000 do an autograph session. I, really, that's the only thing you can't do. Uh, let me ask you sublime underscore Knight's question. We'll go around the horn on this one. He's asking, say you're back in school and you're asked to promote something for $500. Is there a product or service you're turning down or no questions asked? You're taking $500 to promote something. I don't think 500 is enough. You say that now. I think every, if you were a college every student, business owner, if I was a college student, I would yeah, want more because that's my <laughs> brand out there. I'm setting the bar on what my value is. So I'm saying for $500, you can buy my brand and I'll promote your business. To me, I want more than that. What is the Rejoice Nights um, air freshener scent? What, what, say that, that one more time. Be? Uh, earlier, the DG brand folks were talking about the air freshener, that it has a scent of ocean with that DG brand on it. What would be your scent if you came out with a line of air fresheners at Rejoice Nights? I would be fresh roasted garlic. <laughs> <laughs> you need oh, and you can't find it and you love it or you hate it. Well, we're going to leave that right there. Joyce, <laughs> we, uh, we loved you hopping on. We loved you rejoining. We wouldn't have learned that. Uh, and if you see Dylan come out with a garlic scented, you know that his, his brand, uh, you know, borrowed the idea from you. At Rejoice Nights. Joyce, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate your support of the Sons of UCF. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a safe and happy July 4th holiday. You as well. Thanks, Joyce. All right. Was there anything you're turning down, guys? Uh, $500. Now, I think, by the way, Joyce is looking at that through the prism of not being in college. I think you think differently. I think there were quite a few college students who donated plasma. I have a friend who donated plasma for his keg money that he needed uh, that night and then promptly passed out at that party. Um, so a <laughs> little drained. So I think there are things that you do when you're 20 or 21 years old that uh, prism of time there, you get a little wiser about what you're willing to do.
Yeah, I think Mike's done a few donations in his time. But um, am I a college <laughs> athlete or am I just a regular student? If I'm an athlete, maybe that 500 is, is, isn't as much. If I'm a regular Joe Schmo student, you know, you're going to give me 500 bucks to, you know, to throw your business out there on Twitter or something. If that existed back then, I guess it would have been AOL Instant Messenger back when I was in school. Uh, I, I don't think there's many. There's many I would have turned down for 500 bucks. 500 bucks is a lot of cash, especially when you're 18 and you have nothing. Uh, but I would caution these kids, the internet, everything lasts forever now in 2021. When we were in school, you could get away with something, maybe uh, advertising for some company you're not that proud of, and maybe people would never know about it today. Today you do that, that stuff lasts forever. I'd be careful what you put your name to. Let's continue on with the questions. This one's a holdover I couldn't get to last week. Ethan, at P-R-O-F-B-U-T-T-O-N-S. What would make this year's recruiting class a disappointment? Uh, with transfers, is it already success? Should we be a bit more willing to give Gus a year to calibrate, considering how late he is into walking into UCF? Yeah, I don't know what a disappointment would be, Trace. I guess it'd be hard to say that after a couple of months um, because – I think you have to see how it plays on the field. So I, I I would need a year to assess the the guys he brought in. I guess I would be disappointed, honestly, if we don't fill positions of need. If we don't get depth at some of the positions that we need, which we knew coming in, linebacker, D-tackle, cornerbacks, receivers, if we didn't fill the holes on our roster from a depth perspective, to me, that would be the biggest disappointment. Now, whether these these kids pan out to be great players, serviceable players, who knows? But if we don't fill holes with, uh, with in the team with depth, that to me, that's a disappointment. He's talking about the, this season coming up, the guys that are already on the roster. Um, there's nothing we can do about whatever's out there. Now, if the transfers that came over from these schools don't pan out, then that's a big disappointment. If he's talking about the future, then, you know, we still have a lot of time to get even transfers for next year. At facts underscore UCF asking, is this the year Dante Culpepper returns to campus? And I couldn't help when I read that think, boy, name, image, and likeness. He'd have scored in the late 90s, wouldn't he? I mean, he probably did score the late 90s trace. Um, listen, we have been, uh, I've been trying to track Dante down for the better part of the entirety of our show. And we've gotten, you know, semi close a few times. But obviously, uh, if you've uh, listened to us, you know, you haven't heard Dante with us. So he's been elusive. Uh, I know he's got two young, uh, young sons who were playing basketball in high school. I think he had a lot of things in his life. You know, maybe this is the entree. I think the Varsity Knights program is is definitely getting a little bit more um, oomph this year. Carlos McCants is doing a great job. Kareem Reed being on staff is helpful. Um, although you haven't seen a ton of, of Dante era guys back on campus yet, at least through pictures, Sean Jefferson looked like he was there recently pointing at himself in the, in the ring of honor. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I think if those ties kind of reform, I think you have an opportunity. Um, but Dante seems to be pretty comfortable just being on the spotlight. And as much as I'd love to have him back, I obviously I, it needs to be on his terms. Uh, but so the answer is uh, only if he comes on our show first. <sighs> I remember the first time, like first week of being on campus, I saw Dante, it, what is it, Burger King, when he was on the cups and he was all over the place, plastered. So yeah, he would have made some money. But um, I'll believe it when I see it. I haven't seen Dante on campus now, I think since like one of the first couple of years of the stadium opening, uh, 2007, 2008. So it's been a while. If we can't get him on, I don't know who's bringing him back. I had a date, a time, and a location to interview him in person, Florida Sports Hall of Fame inductions. 
supposed to meet him. And then uh, he had uh, some family matters come up and was a no-show at that event. And that fell through. So I was eh, this close to, to talking to him on a Tuesday night in downtown Orlando. Would have been nice. At 911 underscore black underscore gold. Wade asking our streak of not announcing a football game with a power five is at 39 months. This is a hot topic for him on social media. How long until that streak uh, ends? How long is it going to last? And and I think with every passing day, he and other fans get more anxious that uh, Terry Mahajder hasn't announced some higher profile deals than FIU. Does this include June? Because I know that, I don't know, is this July only? Is this now 40 months? I don't know the this math on this 40 one. 40 months. I held that question. We ran out of time I last know. week. Uh, so. I saw it. Yeah. I actually read the rundowns, and so I saw that last time. So I don't know if it's 40 months now. I think it ends at 40. I think Mohajer has been teasing this 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 team. Our beloved UCF Mike heard it directly from Mohajer. He's got another school out there. They were close to announcing. He really, really wanted to. I think Mike's saying that he actually told him in his ear after the interview was over, so maybe Mike already knows. Uh, so I think he's really close. Timo strikes me as the kind of guy that wants to share good news when he has it. I think as soon as somebody gets a pen in their hand, Timo's going to run to a microphone near you. So I'm going to say it ends this month, either 40 or 41, however the math goes. I'm, I'm prepared to wait till it gets to 50. I think it may be a whole other year. Who knows? And, you know, um, the way they're changing the whole thing with the college football playoff, we may not need to schedule one of these P5 schools anymore. So, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. It's another thing. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, this next season is all scheduled and the season after that is all scheduled after that. So really we're looking for what 2023 is where we have the next opening. He's got a little bit of time, I guess. Thank you, Elo, for reintroducing Beverly Hills 90210 into our conversation. At Brian W. Peterson, how many UCF players get drafted in the 2022 draft? I think uh, four. I'll go four. Jeez. Um, five, just because I don't want to be you, Trace. Wow. Wow. Hey, cardboard cutout. Three. <laughs> Walk and talks available for a nominal fee at SignPass. You can directly message me. I mean, we're talking about if Dylan Gabriel leaves early, that, that's another factor. Right now, if you're talking about seniors, you're talking about guys like Big Cat. Um, who knows? A couple other maybe. Shocking so, Mike would bring up the Big sure. Cat. That's a, such a surprise <laughs> that the Big Cat would be brought Is there up. a drinking game associated with this when you bring up Big Cat? Uh, it should be. Uh, <laughs> at Go Knights underscore Paul J asking a couple of questions. Uh, first one, what one away game would you want to go to this season on the list? Uh, Navy. Navy seems fun. Uh, Louisville also, you know, where we made history that one night, that, that could be a fun one too. Um, the second question from Paul, have the Suns confirmed their tailgating plans or have they given up? His $75 cooler payment still stands. This is a hot topic. A lot of people yeah. want to know where you're going to be. They want to meet you. Um, so. I, I see my camp. time to Mike. Yeah, I see my time to Mike. I will be on campus. Game's at 7. I'll be there at least by 3 o'clock. So there's giving me four hours. Where on campus? I don't know yet. Who? With who? I, I don't know that either. Uh, whoever wants to hang out with me, Give me a call, write me a message, and we'll figure out a place. You've said that to some before and then shunned them, but I digress. Uh, at give, you a, give you a at, call? At <laughs> Do Chad, they have your number? I don't call me, homie. <laughs> at Chad UCF, how many four stars will Gus get this cycle? One. Eight. Oh. <laughs> Two. <laughs> 
Do you want analysis after this? I'm sorry, I apologize. Do you want analysis of the numbers? I think there's a couple of kids that are uh, a lot of uh, the recruiting pundits feel strongly about that are considering UCF. Um, I, I think one's announcing in the near future, and there's a, a crystal ball prediction in already for him. I think he's a four-star guy, so I'm going to go with that one for sure. Um, but uh, after that, I think it's a, it's a crapshoot. I mean, obviously, these are college kids making decisions, and like we say every week, until ink's on paper, what does it really mean? Four stars before they commit or four stars after they commit? Because usually when they're four star and they commit to us, they drop down to three. So. At two letters, two words, Robert, if you were casting a movie about UCF D1 FBS football history, with what movie characters would serve as the prototypes for each of the non-interim coaches? And he, he supplied some names. It's Gene McDowell. He's got Gene Hackman from Hoosiers, Mike Kruzik, Russell Crowe from Gladiator, George O'Leary, Jackie Gleason from Smokey and the Bandit, Scott Frost, Joe Pantoliano from The Matrix, and uh, Josh Heupel. Is that how? Yeah. Hank Azaria from the Simpsons, <laughs> the Simpsons movie. I like the person on the message board who was talking about the 17-year-old turf and all of the many things that have been on that. And in relation to Josh Heupel, it was uh, donut powder. <laughs> Probably <laughs> fell from his mouth onto the practice field a time or two. I think that casting is brilliant from Robert. Yeah, it's tough to argue this. I mean, a couple of ones I would, uh, off the top of my head, Scott Frost, I have um, uh, the Shermanator from American Pie. Uh, I don't know why I feel like that's a, that's a good option. Uh, George O'Leary, I'm thinking um, Norm from Cheers. I don't really know why. Like maybe Norm's a good option. George Went, I think was the guy's name. Malzahn, I like Kevin Costner as an option. Um, he upple, uh, he has uh, Chief Wiggum. Uh, from the Simpsons. Um, tough to see that in a cartoon form. Um, it's I, I don't, brought yeah, into I, the movie as a cartoon. I, is, I don't, I haven't seen, yeah, I, I don't know where I'd go there. I would maybe go, um, man, see, this is tough because it's going to be insulting either way I do this. Nick Offerman, maybe, uh, as as my option from We Are the Millers about the mustache. I don't know. Um, you know, Mike Kruzek, he has Russell Crowe. I, he's got to get somebody with some bigger guns than that. You got to give me like Stallone from Rocky IV. Yeah. <laughs> Prime Stallone on, on most steroids as possible. Um, Scott Frost. You're, you're insinuating Stallone on steroids, not Kruzek, correct? Is that, did I hear that correctly? Sure. Um, <laughs> Joe Penaglione and Scott Frost. I don't see that at all. That guy's not even close to being the size of Frost. Who's this guy? Jesse Plemons, I think, kind of looks like Scott. Yeah, Clark. yeah, yeah. So i uh, maybe take him. I like the Costner as Malzahn. That seems like a good one. Yeah, uh, I dropped one off there. Costner as Malzahn was the one I left off. As Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. I, I think he's got a pretty good list there. And I like how people are creative about these questions. It is I who ask, ask us anything. And then it leads to this sort of thing, which leads us to at Lonely B UCF with the commitment of TJ Bullard. Many new celebrities, as you talked about on your show Monday, all the WWE universe. They're now becoming associated with UCF, which, by the way, that's just got to be a lot of star wattage for that uh, sidelines coming up this season on games. Right. You got to imagine some of these folks come over uh, and, and being on the sidelines. Uh, who should get in the ring with me? I don't know how. I, Mike, you're pushing this. I'm in the celebrity boxing thing, and we've been running this narrative for a couple of weeks. The question: Who who do you want in the ring with me? I, I thought I, I I thought it felt pretty good about Elo uh, kicking his tail. 
Wow. Um, you seem not it, to be running away from this. You're kind of pushing the idea yourself. I think you wanted Well, to. if it's ELO, not if it's some from, from WWE or, you know, I don't know. I got to see who you come up with here. It, it looks like Robert may be willing to be your tag team partner to go against ELO there. He wants to ban ELO. Um, so is this person going to be fighting you or are they like a tag team with you? We can. It's, so it's, let me tag team. Let me, I'll give you a tag here. team partner. A tag team partner. I want to. Let's get Trace with Rob Gronkowski, who uh, recently Ooh, like tweeted that. his congratulations. So give me Trace and Gronk, two right, wild always. guys, wild guys with great hair. He takes on Titus O'Neil. I take on Elo. I like that. <laughs> now I'd pay to watch that. I guess. <laughs> I don't know about seventy five dollars, but I think that's for the ice bucket. <laughs> yeah, if that's for the ice bucket, what's the celebrity boxing uh, attendance? Uh, Depends on what the rest of the card looks like. I saw Libby getting in the, on there. She might be on the undercard somewhere against somebody, some Facebook. Uh, was it sober Libby or as <laughs> was last night on Twitter, drunk Libby uh, was firing off on Twitter. Um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Much appreciated. Uh, I, uh, we, we referenced Josh He. I, I, am I saying that right? How was it pronounced? He, 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 upple. He, he upple. He, he upple. Yeah. But I really yeah. think as much as yeah. Terrence Plummer was an entertaining guest, the real star of episode 138 was, uh, you know, thank you, me. You were on? <laughs> yeah. Trace, are you available? <laughs> Want to be on the show? We ran out of ideas. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think a nap during these things, and it's hard to tell. Uh, but I did not sleep during the Terrence Plummer portion of the interview because uh, he was fantastic. Uh, he, first off, he told the story right off the top of the interview that made you want to vomit. Uh, uh, secondly, he did a, a George O'Leary impression that Mike is still laughing about. Like I can literally hear Mike laughing in my sleep because he laughed so hard after the interview. And listen. I don't know if it was intended shade. I don't know if it was just a mispronunciation situation, but Josh He Upple is going to live in, in infamy for the for the rest of time. Uh, so if those three things aren't reasons to stay alone, he also goes through the 2013 season um, and and all the things the team went through that year, which obviously is one of the the seminal years from UCF. Um, and I thought it was interesting the other comment he made that Mark May of, of former ESPN fame said that Baylor would win 70 to seven, and he wrote that down in the notebook, and that's what he thought of it all week um so it's 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 so cool to catch up with these guys because you rooted for them then and you realize that they're they're such great uh such great guys on and off the field and such great stories and uh, and tp is definitely no exception and again if if josh he doesn't become a thing around here then you guys are all doing it wrong when he was doing the o'leary impression i was holding in my laughter as much as i could because i didn't want to get on top of it but as soon as he was done i couldn't hold it in anymore it was great but Terrence Plummer is one of the all-time great greatest linebackers we've had. He's right up there, top five probably. Um, defensive MVP in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, the interception at the end of the Memphis game to, to keep that season alive. Just a lot of great moments with TP. It was, it was fun reliving them with him. What was so good about his George O'Leary impression, not only did he deliver it well, but he, he had several lines there. He just rolled with it. You know, He didn't just say a, you know, just say a word or two in the voice. He, he had a whole thing. It got a little Mike Tyson-ish towards the end, uh, which is probably the only complaint I'd have with it. But yeah, some guys are, are, are shy about it. I think if you've listened to our interviews, we've asked guys before. Brandon Helwig did a sneaky, pretty good um, George O'Leary, if I remember correctly, too, Mike. And some guys try a couple of words, hey, ace, and that's it, they're out. But TP read a monologue, and, and God love him for it. 
Yeah, he punctuated it though with the ace at the end, which was cute. Yeah, yeah. You know that might be a good project for you, Mike, is to pull all the previous clips of the various impersonations and edit that all together um, in a video that you might find on TwoNightsMedia.com along with all of the other content for the Sons of UCF. Yeah, there's no way we're doing that. <laughs> Adam would have to do it because I don't have yeah. any of those files. But, uh, yeah, if you yeah. want to send them over. Uh, the lost interviews. Little Fourth of July trivia question. I know Mike has to know this. Uh, what is the most consumed beverage on the Fourth of July across the United States of America? It's not beer. Are we talking brands? Are we talking just it's, genres? It's general general beverage, and Mike got that right. That was beer. I'll end uh, with this question. Uh, we learned earlier that the DG brand air freshener is like the ocean having been to hawaii i can't identify with his brother's comment that, that you do get a you know a sensation when you when you get off the plane in hawaii mike adam what would be your scent uh we've heard garlic tonight from joyce what about you what do you got tangerine white claw <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say is it during football season if it's during football season it's gonna smell like heineken or something uh, <laughs> Which, if you give Mike a call on September 2nd, 63 days from now, you might be able to, to get a whiff of that Heineken scent. Well, do some be... kind of contest, you know, like a scavenger hunt, like what are we going to do for the hats? Find UCF Mike on campus. Well, drop clues throughout the days. Maybe whoever finds me gets a hat. Look for the gnome. <laughs> are you, what are you, where's Waldo? <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm gonna be, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna be wherever Nelson is. Wherever Nelson says he's gonna be, that's where I'll be. How's that? Good, good answer. Good answer. 63 days from now, but seven days from now, you will not find us from eight to what? nine. As with the Fourth of July week upon us, we're gonna take a week off after 24 consecutive episodes. You gotta give us a little break. Maybe I'll give you a, a, a one final free walk and talk before I start charging for them. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think you could get for a walk and talk? Uh, no, five bucks? A dollar? I'd feel can, bad can taking money a... from kids, but I'd do it. I'd do it. Not like Dylan Gabriel wouldn't do it, but I'll, I'll take money from kids. Can you give me a promo? Can I get just like a, a promo walk and talk? Um, uh, maybe make fun of Paul Jones, who just called you lazy. Um, you know, Maybe a, a promo walk and talk. How, something how do we like know that? that he was talking about me? I mean... Uh. How do we not? I guess. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Are you guys doing a show on Monday? No, we're lazy though. We're, okay. We admit well, that. Well, I, I don't know. Hold on. Um, there, there will be Sons of UCF content released this week. Is it Sunny Side Up? Is it? Um, what's the name of that show? What's the name? Could of be the whatever, name? whatever you want it to be. There's Sunday Night Conversations. There it is, Sunday Night. There's the one and only Partly Sunny episode that got released. Uh, so there's that one too. That was there's Mike Soul. Golick, right? That was Mike. That was Mike Golick. Golick. Yes, yeah. Who, by the, the way, was fantastic on the Richard Dice podcast. Yeah, there you go. Did we ever come up with UCF players that connote fireworks or Fourth of July? No, I'm, uh, by the way, a little hint, when you get ready to do UCF players or coaches that are associated with Valentine's Day, jot down Greg Lovelady now. Don't forget that this season. I'll write that down. Yeah. Nobody? Like nobody the, the weather one. or bang. That's right, Storm was bad, too. <laughs> can anybody in the chat, anybody, if, if you guys could hear my voice, anybody out there can give us a, uh, a UCF uh, player coach who connotes 4th of July, anybody named Bang or fireworks or anything Sparkler. we're missing anybody 
Costec advisor. I know this is up your alley, my friend. There'd be a meme or a GIF right out with a, that if he if he had one. All right. I thought it was interesting tonight to speak with uh, Karis and Gabriel, AJ Salas, uh, a little bit more on DG the brand, the big topic of conversation. And we're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the uh, weeks ah, and months. Ahead. Trina, Flash, J-Rob, uh, uh, Jalen Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah that works. Good yeah, call. Smartly. I don't know. What, smartly. I don't know if this is a JPP joke, but it, it works, Robert. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it does work it does work all right guys uh thank you joyce for jumping on and thanks to all of you for watching have a safe and happy fourth of july i'm trace trolko go knights charge on charge mouths on i thought we were drinking sports social podcast network